Well, today in Proverbs chapter 29, King Solomon, the writer of this book, is going to instruct us to be careful around two really different personalities, personalities that I'm suggesting will lead you onto a destructive path. And so again, as I mentioned already, I encourage you to evaluate yourself as we move through the verses of today's conversation. And the first personality that we are told to be on guard against is found here in verse 11. So Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11, look at it and read it with me. We're told fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. You know, brothers and sisters, one of the personalities of the Bible that we're warned to be cautious of is a person with what I'm calling an angry personality. The angry personality is one who destroys people. So do some self-reflection. Do you have, ask yourself, do I have an angry personality? You know, would the people in your life testify that you have a short fuse? Would some say that your actions and words are characterized by unbridled anger? If we go back a few chapters to Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, we're told, we're told really that compares a city uh, whose walls are broken down to a man or woman who lacks control. So from that, I suggest that the angry personality destroys, that uncontrolled, unrestrained anger causes carnage. This past week, I was doing some research on the subject of anger, the topic of anger, and I was actually surprised that apparently there are 12 different types of anger. Did you know that? I wonder if any of you have any experience uh, with some of these. Let me just give you a few. One form of anger uh, I learned that's been identified is called verbal anger. Verbal anger. And this is where a person will use words, maybe to harm another person on an emotional level. Then there is what's called judgmental anger. And a person with, who exercises judgmental anger is one who enjoys belittling and shaming people at every opportunity. I think social media is a tool that many use in our day today to exercise and to kind of display, if you will, judgmental anger. Passive anger is another anger identified. This is when someone will use avoidance, silence, or even mockery to inflict pain on another person. I mean, have you ever given someone the silent treatment? Or ever been the recipient of the silent treatment when they avoided or you avoided or refused to talk to somebody? That would be called passive anger. And then there's volatile anger. This is where someone uses both verbal and physical abuse to frighten and maybe manipulate another person. This kind of anger is usually very sudden. It comes and goes in emotional uh, outbursts. And then maybe the perhaps the most the common, I think, types of anger is, is what's been identified as retaliatory anger. Retaliatory anger, which is usually whereby 
many of us might lash out at another person in response to something that was said or done to us. Retaliatory anger. So church, can you identify any of these forms of anger in your own life? This past week I came across a survey that was done to analyze road rage. That's a form of anger, wouldn't you agree? Road rage. And this survey reported that 47% of motorists have admitted to yelling at another motorist. (laughs) Have you ever yelled at another driver in a different uh, vehicle? I suppose hand gesturing usually accompanies that. Uh, 51% of drivers stated that they have deliberately tailgated another vehicle. I can remember as a kid, my dad tailgating people, and I thought it was so cool how close he could get. And now realizing, I'm realizing now, I was like, wow, he was angry. I didn't even know that. I mean, he would get right up, and my dad, I, I can think of experiences where he would actually even bump the car in front of him. 55 miles an hour, just boop, you know. He was impressive. He, my dad's a good driver, by the way. Uh, 25% of drivers uh, have admitted to blocking drivers from changing lanes. Right? They want to squeeze in. You know what I'm talking about. Rob, you never do that, have you? Uh, 12% have admitted to deliberately cutting off another car on purpose. While 4%, catch this, have gotten out of their cars to confront other drivers. We see that a lot, don't we? Except when people step out of the car, well, they usually have in their hand. Sometimes they have a gun. Yeah. But catch this. According to AAA Auto Club... Aggressive drivers, and I'll let this sink in, aggressive drivers play a role in 56% of fatal car crashes. More than half of all fatal car crashes, an accident where someone dies was caused by an angry driver. Translation, angry drivers are murderers in motion. The angry personality when behind the wheel of a car destroys. Brothers and sisters, is anger something that you struggle with? Is an angry personality something that you want God to transform in your your life or in the life of someone who you care about? Now, just so you know, when we talk about anger, I've often said, and maybe you've heard me say that, that I think, I think there are generational sins that are passed on from generation to the next. And I think in my family, I think in the Decker family, anger is one of those generational sins. So I've had to work most of my life, and with God's grace, I'm at a way far better, healthier place today than maybe I was when I was in my college years or even my early, right? Um, I, I recognize that anger, and, it, and part of it is this, this need to control for me, right? Or to be, feel like I'm in control. So if you feel yourself being poked this morning, I, I just want you to know that I, I'm with you, okay? I don't want you to feel like Pastor Mike's like pointing at you. I just recognize what that feels like, and, and, and this, but it's a, real, it's a real thing that some of us have to deal with. You know that God will transform your life if you want him to, don't you? Right? You know that, right? That Jesus can soften your angry tendencies, and I'm proof of that. And so for those of you who recognize that anger is a part of your wiring, have you asked God to help you 
right? Work on that part of your personality. And if not, will you? So you say, Pastor Mike, how do I tame my angry personality? I mean, it's not my goal to be mad. It's just that there's a lot of stupid people in this world, right? Well, for starters, uh, if you want to tame the lion that rages inside of you, I would begin with prayer. You know, every morning when you wake up and your feet hit the floor as you roll out of bed, just encourage you to stop and say a short prayer, something like, God, I just invite you into my day, right? I invite you into my work situation. I invite you into into my relationships, the people I'm going to come in contact with. So prayer, just from the moment you step out of your bed, is a simple way, a powerful way, a proven way to help deal with anger in your life. Another suggestion, which might be equally helpful, particularly when you find yourself in a conversation, a verbal conversation, where it's heated, and when the energy and tension is high, is that there are three phrases that could be helpful for you to strive to maybe sort of diffuse an, an, an argument. And I've borrowed these from a magazine that I read in Inc. It's a business magazine. And so if, if you're interested, write this down. Phrase number one, use the phrase, when in a, in a conversation, right, where, where it's, you, you know it's growing intensity, maybe you feel yourself starting to get a little angry, and you observe, or maybe the other person is getting angry, say the phrase, what I hear you saying is, what I hear you saying is, psychologists have discovered that most people get angriest when they feel dismissed, ignored, or misunderstood. So when you find yourself in a conversation when disagreement is evident, rather than talk louder in an effort to emphasize what you think and feel, take a deep breath. Count to four. That's what we're learning. What's, this, what's, the, what's the movie we... No, but what's the guy... Chris Hanforth's got this show on uh, how to deal with stress, basically. And he talks about breathing, like all these. So count to four, it's Bach breathing, or firefighters, whatever. Soften your voice, right? And then repeat back to the person, what I heard you saying is, or what I hear you saying is. You know, early on in, in, in my our, my relationship with Robin in our marriage and I was working on my master's in counseling and stuff. I don't really know where I got this from and maybe it wasn't helpful for her but it was helpful for me but a lot of times I would just kind of do this. You know, time out. Time out. Right? My goal is not to make you mad. My goal is not to upset you. Right? Uh, uh, well, it might be sometimes. <laughs> but really, time out. Time out. You know? And I kind of stop back. And you've, you've ta- I've talked about this, where I kind of open my body, right? I make myself very vulnerable and just say, what I hear you saying is, and when you, when you use a simple phrase like that, it gives the person who you're, both the talker and the listener, an opportunity to clarify if need be. And it really communicates this, this message that I want to understand what you're saying. Right now, I'm just really finding myself getting really angry. And sometimes it's even helpful to say that. Like, I don't know if it's your intent to, to make me mad right now. But if it is, it's working. Right? So what I hear you saying is, and then work towards kind of 
de-escalating the conflict. Because understanding someone and being understood by someone will play a role in lowering the tone. Okay, so what I hear you saying is one phrase. A second phrase, phrase number two that you might want to consider using when you find yourself in a verbal disagreement with a family member or a coworker or a friend is the question, what do you need right now? What do you need right now? Or what would it take to make you happy? You know, rather than defend your actions, which is a natural response for all of us, work toward a solution. And when you ask the question, if you find yourself in a disagreement with someone and you ask the question, what do you need right now? Really what that does is it puts ownership on the other person if they're upset at you or, and you're on the receiving end. It illustrates that you care about that other person. It also suggests that you're open to finding a constructive compromise and it forces both combatants toward a solution. Now the challenge is a lot of angry people, and again, maybe you identify with this, sometimes we just want to vent, right? Sometimes we just want to spew. And, 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 we're, it's, and, and it's partly it's because we're just, we, you know, we're overcome with emotions and all this stuff. And, but but when, you, when, you, when you say, what do you need right now? It kind of brings things to a head and go, huh, am I really, am I just being angry for the sake of being angry? Or is there something that I want? Is there something that I need? Are you with me? What would it take to make you happy? What do you need right now? And then a third phrase that can sometimes be helpful when you find yourself experiencing a disagreement with another person is the question, do we need to agree on this? Do we need to agree on this? You know, people often get locked in conflict with another person when you're trying to convince that person to adopt your own point of view, right? I'm trying to bring you over to my side and you're trying to bring me over to your side and what happens is neither one of us wants to come to the other person's side and we get into this conflict. So if I can't sway you to believe what I believe and you can't sway me to come over to your side of thinking and we find ourselves in this debate over ideology or principle, one solution that can sometimes satisfy both parties is to simply ask, is it okay if we just agree to disagree? Do we need to agree on this? Friends, the Bible writer here in Proverbs chapter 29 advises us that an angry personality destroys. So let's say a prayer together, okay? Hands open, heart open, mind open. I'm going to lead you in a prayer and let's ask God to defuse the fuse, okay? So just say, Heavenly Father, please help me to be someone who uses words that builds people up and not tears them down. Jesus, please help me to be less critical and less judgmental and less hard-headed. 
and more understanding. God, please protect me from developing an angry personality. It's in Jesus' name I pray, and everybody said, amen. Good. All right, let's move on. A second personality that we are told to guard ourselves against here in Proverbs 29 is what I'm calling the bullying personality. The bullying personality. Proverbs 29, verse 13, if you have it, look at it. It says this. It says, the poor and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. You know, friends, have you observed that we all put our pants on the same way, one leg at a time, right? And what I mean by that is you and I have much in common. I don't know what it is, what it is about us humans that causes us to focus on the differences that we have with others. Uh, for those who embody a bully personality, you certainly excel at this. But friends, I just want to remind you that the Bible teaches us that God has created all of us in his image, right? And therefore, what, what I take away from that is that we likely have more in common with each other than we do have differences. You ever thought about that? So when you survey the people in your world, particular, particularly those who rub you the wrong way, maybe they even disgust you because of a difference of ideology or belief, with God's help, I want to challenge you to, rather than focus on your differences, spend some time thinking about what do we have in common? What do we have in common? You know, the Bible teaches that God, our creator, loves each of us. The Bible teaches that Jesus came to forgive the sins of everyone, you and me, and the people we love and even those who we hate, which is a strong word. Jesus came to redeem and work in the life of all people, not just in the life of those who I approve of, Turn your neighbor and say, all people. All people. You know, if we were to skip back a few chapters here in the book of Proverbs and locate chapter 22, and you may want to do this, in verses 22 and 23 of Proverbs chapter 22, this is what we're told. Solomon writes, don't rob the poor just because you can or exploit the needy in court. For the Lord is their defender. He will ruin anyone who ruins them. Church, be on your guard against adopting a bullying persona against your enemy, if you have one. Because the Bible teaches that God has a propensity to stand up for the ridiculed. Think about that. God might even agree with you about what you're upset about for this other, against this other person. Leave it in God's hands to judge them. Hold a loose grip on bullying people. Okay? One final story 
for our conversation today. If you have a Bible, go to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20, or Matthew 18. So Matthew's in the New Testament portion of your Bible, so you have to go forward about halfway through your Bible and go to Matthew chapter 18. And in here in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus is telling a story uh, about a king and a servant. Now Jesus is kind of referring, when he talks about in this story, he's kind of referencing himself and, and God's judgment. But this is a good uh, story sort of for us to end on in this conversation today about anger and, and bullying personalities. These two personalities that destroy So Matthew chapter 18, uh, skip down to verse 23, excuse me, and uh, follow along as I read, maybe try to picture the scene in your mind. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owed to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me, he said, and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset, and so they went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. And Jesus concludes, that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Now Jesus was talking to the Jewish people of that day who had a bit of an elitist mentality, tended to look down on other people because they were God's chosen people. And Jesus was just saying, listen, God calls you to love everybody. And the same way that God the father has forgiven you Jewish people for your hard-hearted, stupid ways, you need to do the same for those in your circles of life, the Gentiles, the riffraff, those people who maybe don't fit your scale of righteousness. And you need to extend that to them too. Because if you don't, as we looked at in Proverbs earlier, God has a way of saying, you know what? You don't want to be nice to them. I don't need to be nice to you. Friends, be on your guard against a bullying personality. But with God's help, practice the golden rule, which is Matthew 7, verse 12, where Jesus said, treat others the way that you yourself want to be what? Treated. Extend grace and compassion and generosity to others. Give people the benefit of the doubt. The next time someone cuts in front of you when you're on the freeway and you find yourself getting angry, Say, just tell yourself, you know what? They must be on their way to the emergency room to visit some, a loved one who needs, and they needed to get there quickly, right? 
I've heard you, t I've shared with you before and you know the story where I used to get so frustrated with drivers on, on the freeway and I think, you know what, my daughters when they were first 16 and 17 and 18, when they first started to learn, their driving on the freeway wasn't all that great. So I just try to extend to, to, to these drivers, these idiot drivers out there, the same kind of grace that I would hope they would extend to my daughters who were, are you with me? It's a decision. It's an attitude. In the same way that someone had grace on me when I first learned how to drive in on the freeway, someone's got to offer grace and compassion. And that's what God's saying here. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Choose with God's help to see the good in people, not their flaws. Forgive as Jesus has forgiven you. Always easy to do, yes or no? No especially when we're attacked. But with God's help, brothers and sisters, you can, and you are. You know, Kirk gave a good hearty amen earlier because God's working in his life, and he testifies the truth of that. We all do. So let's say one final prayer, okay? Those of you at home, I hope you're tuning in as well. Let's pray. Hands open. Heart open, mind open, deep breath. Inhale, more God, I want more of you. Exhale, I want less of me. Now pray this. Just say, Heavenly Father, thank you for forgiving my sins. Please help me to forgive others. Jesus, thank you for being patient with my shortcomings. Please help me to offer the same amount of patience to others. God, I don't want to be angry. God, I don't want to be a bully. So please work in my life. It's in Jesus' name that I thank you and I pray these things. And all God's people said, amen. Church, according to the instruction of King Solomon here in Proverbs chapter 29, the angry personality and the bullying personality are destructive. So with God's help, every single day, and maybe for some of you throughout your day, right? Invite God to purify and free you from these destructive tendencies. Because through the power of his Holy Spirit, and hold on to this, he will. And this, my brothers and sisters, help me out, is wisdom to live by. Amen.